Good evening, everybody. Let's all stand together. We're going to lift up our voices as we sing, You're the Word of God the Father across the lands. You're the Word of God the Father from before the world began. Every star and every planet has been fashioned by your hand. All creation holds together by the power of your voice. Let the skies declare your glory. Let the land and seas rejoice. You're the author of creation. You're the Lord of every man. And your cry of love rings out across the lands. Yet you left the gaze of angels. Came to seek and save the lost. And exchange the joy of heaven for the anguish of a cross. With a prayer you fed the hungry, with a word you calmed the sea. Yet how silently you suffered that the guilty may go free. You're the author of creation, you're the Lord of every man. And your cry of love rings out across the lands. With a shout you rose victorious, resting victory from the grave ascended into heaven leading captives in your way now you stand before the father interceding for your own from each tribe and tongue and nation you are leading sinners home you're the author of creation you're the lord of every man and your cry of love rings out across the land I spent in vanity and pride, caring not my Lord was crucified, knowing not it was for me he died on Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free, pardon there was multiplied to me. salvation's plan oh the grace that brought it down to man oh the mighty gulf that god did spend at calvary mercy there was great and grace was free pardon there was multiplied to me there my burdens all found liberty at calvary Good to have each of you in the Lord's house tonight. Let's open up with a word of prayer. Lord in heaven, we come before you and we thank you that we can come and worship together. Lord, we thank you for the day that you gave us, a beautiful snowy day. It, as the sun glistens off that snow, it reminds us of the purity that we have through Christ as he washes our sins away, even as the whiteness of the snow. And Lord, we just look at all your creation and we rejoice in it we ask that you be with us tonight as we look into your holy word speak to us and help us to grow nearer to you in christ's name we pray amen please be seated let's continue in singing shout to the north 
Men of faith, rise up and sing of the great and glorious King. You are strong when you feel weak, in your brokenness complete. Shout to the north and the south, sing to the east and the west. Jesus is Savior to all, Lord of heaven and earth. Rise up, women of the truth, stand and sing to broken hearts, who can know the healing power of our awesome King of love. Shout to the north and the south, sing to the east and the west, Jesus is Savior to all, Lord of heaven and earth. We've been through fire, we've been through rain, we've been refined by the power of His name. We've fallen deeper in love with You, You burn this truth on our lips. Shout to the north and the south, sing to the east and the west. Jesus is Savior to all, Lord of heaven and earth. Rise up, church, with broken wings. Fill this place with songs again of our God who reigns on high. By His grace again we'll fly. Shout to the north and the south. Sing to the east and the west. Jesus is Savior to all, Lord of heaven and earth. Let's sing together at the cross, and then Jesus draw me ever nearer, and you may remain seated. Alas, and did my Savior bleed, and did my sovereign die? Would he devote that sacred such a worm as I at the cross at the cross where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away it was there by faith I received my sight and now I am happy all the day was it for crimes that I have done he groaned upon the tree Amazing pity, grace unknown, and love beyond degree. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. Jesus, draw me. rise on wings of pain and at the end of 
sister. She's going to be in our ARC preschool kindergarten through this week because you're an, an early ed major at school. And are you a freshman? Sophomore at Pensacola Christian College. And um, so this week, if you swing by anytime during the week, we will have... Why don't you stand up and introduce your sister? People may not know. They... I. They both came to camp, but you might not know everybody. I'm Elena Hurdle. <laughs> I'm from PCC. I go to Calvary and Essex. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else. That's great. <laughs> Jim Gangwer is uh, her pastor and was also Erica's before she came here. Um, but um, Brother Jim today celebrated, was it 45 years? Yep. To the 45 years to the day of being the pastor at Calvary Baptist Church in Essex. Amen. 45 years. What's shocking, how many of you know Jim Gangwer? You know Pastor Jim? Not very many. A few of you know Brother Jim. But he's getting ready to turn 80 years old. And when you meet Jim, you do not think he's 80 years old. I never think. I He at least looks 10 years or more younger than 80 years old. Uh, so he's an inspiration to all us young preachers. Uh, we see that we see him 80 years old. We think, wow, man, he's, he's doing great. But it's these young people who keep him so young, right? That you guys are the ones keep him so young and alert. And yeah, take a little credit. It's okay. It's all right. Okay, we're going to go to 2 Timothy chapter 4 this evening. 2 Timothy chapter 4, interesting text we come to in here, and title of our message tonight is Walking in Balance, and sometimes when we think walking in balance, we think that everything has to be perfect, everything's got to be perfect to stay in balance, but as we read down through this text, as we read about the apostles' walk, his Christian walk, his relationships and interactions with others, we find out that, you know what, life sometimes throws us a curveball. Sometimes our friends, our acquaintances take us by surprise. And we have to learn to continue to walk in balance, even in the midst of those things. And we're going to see that here in 2 Timothy chapter 4. I'm going to read you verses 9 down through 18. Let's ask God's blessing on his word. Lord, I pray that you'd be with us as we look into these verses. Help us to be wise, to draw from them truths that we ourselves can apply and see in our lives. Help us to be good friends, one with another, church members, encouraging, strengthening, and uh, helping one another. And Lord, help us to be wise in how we deal with those who maybe hurt us or offend us or disappoint us. Because certainly as we look at this list of relationships, we see all of those things in the apostle's life. And yet he had that balanced walk. Help us, Lord, to draw from this 
learn from it, that we too may have that balanced walk. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Look with me at 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 9, on down through verse 18. It says, Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me, for Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Cretans to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. Antiochus have I sent to Ephesus. The cloak that I left at Troas, Troas with Carpus, when thou comest, bring with thee, and the books, but especially the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works. Of whom be thou ware also, for he hath greatly withstood our words. At first answer, no man stood with me. But all men forsook me. I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, that by me the preaching might be fully known, and that all the, the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work, and, and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom. For whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. So as we go down through this, you're really listening to the Apostle Paul writing to Timothy. He's writing to him about some very personal things in his life. He's writing about relationships. And friendships and relationships are very personal, aren't they? When we look over our life, you may say to yourself, well, I remember that person used to be my very, very best friend. But for some reason, they no longer are. Or you might think to yourself, I remember such and such a person. And you know, when I first got to know them, we didn't get along at all. But now they're a very good friend. Relationships are interesting and uh, they, they change and shift. And as we look at this text, what we find is the Apostle Paul writing to Timothy and reflecting on all these relationships. And we can draw from this some lessons for, our, for, for ourselves concerning maintaining a balanced walk in our relationships, our friendships, our Christian walk. So when we look at verses 9 down through 13, what I find here is simply a connection with good Christian friends. Making that connection. Now, does that mean that always they're there for you? Maybe not. But they are that Christian that you've connected with to accomplish what God has for you in your life. So when we start off in verse 9, he writes and he says, Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. Can somebody tell me, who's he writing to about, come shortly, come shortly unto me. Do, you, do your diligence to come quick. Anybody know who he's writing to? Timothy. That's exactly right. He's writing to Timothy, the name of the book. He's saying, Timothy, I need you to come. I need you to come quickly. Do your diligence to come. Now, Timothy, we know through the scriptures, is the young man that Paul had mentored. He had ministered to him. He'd gone ahead and taken the beginning he'd received from his mother and his grandmother, and Paul had taken him up and led him on. 
helped him to grow in his faith and and turned over to him ministries as they traveled. But he's at a place now where he's saying to Timothy, I'm in need. And every one of us as Christians would do well to have friends who we know we can reach out to, who we know that if we're in need, they would be there for us. It should never be that we are so doggedly independent that we would never reach out. Now, Paul certainly was a successful man. He had great degrees. Um, where he went, the Christians embraced him at this time. The Gentiles, not so much. The, the Jews, not so much. But the Christians, they embraced him. But yet he was not afraid to go ahead and say, I need help. And to reach out and know that he had friends who would be there for him. Ones who would come quickly. When you come down to verses 10 down through 12, what you find is the Apostle Paul, he's kind of just sharing with Timothy here. As the Holy Spirit lays it upon his heart. And certainly we should all have friends that you can just sit down and pour your heart out to. Look at what he says in verses 10, 11, and 12. He says to uh, Timothy in verse 9, Come, do your diligence to come shortly unto me. Verse 10 he says, For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica. And then you notice that he adds these others to it. He says, Grecians to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia, only Luke is with me. So what you find is the Apostle Paul reaching out to his friend. He's saying, I need you to come and help me. And why do I need your help? Because you know what? Some other people haven't been there for me. And he's able to go ahead and open up and talk about what's on his heart, the heaviness of his heart. He says, Demas has left because he loves this present world. And also, we find that others have left. Cretans to Thessalonica, uh, Cretans to Galatia, and um, Titus unto Dalmatia. He says, only Luke is with me. So what he's doing here is he's reaching down in his heart and in his soul, those things that are laying on him, and he's simply bringing them up as the Holy Spirit leads him to do it. And he talks about these friendships to somebody who's a good friend, who will listen, and who cares. Verse 11, he says, only Luke is with me. And it is important to have those friends that really do stick, stick by your side. Now the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, he sticks with us closer than a brother. But yet we still need those friends that we build relationships with, that through the thick times, the good times and the bad times, they're with us. And that is Luke, Luke the doctor. Luke, the one who wrote the gospel of, of Luke. So here he references him. He says, he's still with me. And then it's interesting when we come into verse 11, he says to him, take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. Well, John Mark had not been so profitable to him in the past. He'd actually left him on a, on a missions journey in the past. But somewhere along the way, they had reconciled. They had reestablished their friendship. And sometimes that's the way it is with friends, isn't it? 
Sometimes you have to forgive and you have to forget. And you need to move on and rebuild and reestablish a friendship. And that's good for our balance in our life. That's good for us as people to be able to do with others. And that's exactly what Paul does here. He says, go ahead and have Mark come. He's profitable to me. He, he wasn't in the past, we know from the book of Acts. But here, he has become so. And we learn a lesson, every one of us. Be slow to burn the bridges between you and others. Be slow to cast away people and never bring them back. Maintain and work at those relationships. So here we see that the Apostle Paul, as he pens this letter to Timothy, he reflects on these friends, some that he can count on to come quickly, some who are still there with him, some who have left him, and some who have left and now are profitable, and he hopes they will come back. As we come to verses 14 and 15, we find something else uh, that has to do with accountability. You know, within a circle of friends, there's a certain accountability that's there. Um, you know, I know Kim has a, a fitness business, and fitness requires accountability, doesn't it, Kim? I mean, you have those folks who, they come and they run and run and they exercise and exercise, and all of a sudden you start seeing a little less of them. What do you do? You call them and encourage them. Say, hey, haven't seen you out on the track or up the mountain or over the hill or whatever it is we're doing. Haven't seen you in a little while. Why don't you come? We're gonna be, we're gonna be working ourselves up into a frothing sweat this week. Come and froth with us. You know, you encourage them. There's this little level of accountability there. Well, look what takes place as we come down to verses 14 and 15. Listen to what takes place. As Paul writes to Timothy, he says, Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works. Of whom be thou ware also? For he hath greatly withstood our words. What, what the Apostle Paul is doing here is he's laying a foundation of accountability for Timothy and Timothy's ministry and those who are around him. And it's an accountability to Alexander the coppersmith who has done much evil to the Apostle Paul. And he's saying to Timothy, he's saying, I want you to understand what has happened in this particular circumstance. He's gone ahead and, and resisted and worked against the very work of Christ. And he says, I want you to be careful that you don't let him sneak in and do the same thing in your life. Kind of like Kim would with sports. She'd say, be careful that you don't not run so much that you lose your ability or you don't you know, you know, a batter never practices, or a piano player like John. Beware, there are dangers in not doing certain things. Before you know it, they change you, they affect you. So Paul is writing to Timothy and he's warning him. He's saying, I want you to understand that Alexander the coppersmith, he's done me much evil and he could do you much evil too. It's interesting in verse 14, he says, the Lord reward him according to his works. And so what you find is the Apostle Paul kind of letting go of the bitterness, the anger, 
Because he's going to let God take care of that. He says, let the Lord deal with that. The Lord will reward him according to his works. Sometimes if we're not careful, if somebody disappoints us and hurts us, if somebody does something that we feel like is a betrayal, man, we want to get back. We want to be vengeful and to hurt. And the Apostle Paul teaches us a lesson here. He says, it's not that you don't, it's not that those walls aren't there enough to be aware and alert. And it's not that you wouldn't warn another. But you're not going to try to get vengeance. You're going to go ahead and let God reward them according to their works. Leave it to the Lord. Let it go. Don't let it hurt you. Sometimes we give altogether too much power to people who hurt us. We let them alter and damage our lives instead of just letting it go and moving on. And the Apostle Paul is not going to let Alexander the coppersmith damage him. He's going to let the Lord reward him according to his works. As we come down to verses 16 and 17, we begin to see him touch on spiritual strength. Listen to what he says. Verse 16. At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, that by me the preaching might be fully known, and that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. So when we look at these verses here, we kind of find the pendulum swing. He starts out on the other end of the pendulum, and he says to us, listen, nobody stood with me. At my first answer, when I was first brought before the courts, when I was first in danger of being thrown into prison, he says, nobody stood with me. Everybody forsook me. I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. You know, it's interesting because that reminds us a little bit of somebody else who found themselves alone and also called out that the Lord would not hold it to the charge of those at fault. And that's the Lord himself, isn't it? There upon the cross, when he looked it down at all those people, he said, Lord, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And the Apostle Paul here, those who abandoned him and left him there uh, to be brought before trial and to be brought with accusation and to defend himself, when everybody had abandoned him, still, he cared enough to say, Lord, don't bring it to their charge. That's a true friend, isn't it? They didn't realize how good a friend they had in the Apostle Paul. That he would not hold them to blame, but he would instead say, Lord, don't lay it to their charge. But look with me, if you would, down to verse 17. Because the other end of the pendulum, here he had all this sorrow, this, this heartache, this betrayal. But when we come at the other side of the pendulum, what does he say? He says, notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me. Who will never leave us nor forsake us? Though all the world may turn their back on us, though everybody may abandon us, the Lord will not. And that's what he says. 
notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me. And he did what? He strengthened him. You know, the scriptures teach us that daily we should go to the Lord for strength, for renewing of our strength. And that's exactly what the apostle had learned to do. And he had realized that even if he found himself alone, if every friend you have abandoned you, you would not be alone. He says, the Lord's there with me. The Lord is with me. And the Lord strengthens me. And then look at what he says in the last part of verse 17. Because God has a purpose bigger than us. And it is really important for us to understand that every one of us in this room and everybody who's live streaming, listen, God has a greater purpose for you than you even realize. It's bigger than your circle. Listen to what he goes on to say here. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and he strengthened me that by me the preaching might be fully known and that all the Gentiles might hear and I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. So he lets us know, you know what? God has a bigger purpose than just our little sphere. He has a grand purpose to get the gospel out that all might know. And in your life too, the Lord puts you in the right place at the right time for his purpose. And it's wise for us to look around and say, God, who do you have? Who do you have in my path that I might share the truth of Christ with? Because you never know who needs to hear. You might think to yourself, uh, no, 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 that person would never listen. But you don't know that unless you just step up and share the truth. It's interesting at the last part of verse 17 that he reminds us that he was spared from the lion. And that ties into going down into verse, the last part of verse 17 and 18. Listen to what he says about this deliverance. He says, I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion and the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom to whom be glory forever and ever. Part of keeping a balanced walk as Christians is understanding that the Lord is always there for us. Sandra Joe and I, we watch uh, America's Got Talent, and it shows all these crazy talent things from across America and really now around the world. But every once in a while, they'll have somebody in one of these uh, America's Got Talent things, and they'll put them... 50, 60, 70 feet up in the air. And what do they always say? And there's not even a net. There's no net. And that's supposed to make you at home gasp. <gasps> there's no net. You and I in life have a net. Our net is our God. He's there for us all the time. And that's what the apostle is saying about this balanced walk. Even if you get yourself in a little bit of trouble, who's there? The Lord is there. He's there to deliver us out of the mouth of the lion. And the Lord shall deliver me, he says, from every evil work. We rest in that and we trust in that. 
We walk with the Lord so that he might warn us that we might not fall into the entrapment of Satan. We know that the devil's always there. The scriptures teach us, be sober, be vigilant. For Satan is as that roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But we remember that the Lord is there. He is there to deliver us. And when you come down into verse 18 and he expands it, that he will deliver us from every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom. It's so important to understand that we are preserved. We're safe. We're secure. One of the things that drives me crazy about all the waves and the winds that blow new doctrines or resurrect old false doctrines in Christianity is every once in a while these things resurface about uh, losing your salvation and not being secure in your salvation. Listen, the Bible is full of scripture that reminds us we are preserved, we are safe, we are sealed. We are eternally secure in Christ. And so the Apostle Paul reminds us here. He says, I'm preserved. I'm secure. He has, he has me in his hand. And I'm okay. So whether an Alexander the coppersmith betrays you. Whether friends abandon you. Whether you think you're alone. You always remember. My Lord is there. I have a safety net. If I will rest in him, I know I am secure because he is my God. So the Apostle Paul, he, he ran his race. He finished his course. He eventually is put to death by the Roman Empire. But God used all that that all the Gentiles might know. And you and I today are the product of God's faithfulness. And taking the Apostle Paul through the journey of life, you and I are those Gentiles who have heard and learned and known because of God's work and Paul's faithfulness. So let's, let's learn to walk the balance. It doesn't mean we're perfect. It doesn't mean things don't pop up that kind of knock us about a bit. But it just means we remember that whatever comes along, the Lord is there for us to help us. Let's have a word of prayer. And I'm going to let you out a little early. Man, I feel a little bit bad. That was pretty short. Um, maybe we should do something else. What do you think, Doris? Should we go down and get snacks or something? Or? I think we snacked enough today. You snacked <laughs> enough today? All right. Let's have a word of prayer. We'll be dismissed. Lord, we thank you that we could come to your house tonight on this snowy day. And I do pray that you'd be with us as we drive back to our homes. If the wind is picked up and there's drifts or anything like that, that you'd give us safety on the roads. Lord, I thank you for our brothers and sisters in Christ that are out tonight. I pray that you would help us one with another to encourage one another to be that Christian who has an open ear to hear. Not for us to gossip or complain. But when our hearts are broken and we've been betrayed, maybe a shoulder to cry on. Lord, help us to be that friend who would get up and go quickly to help. 
and help us as Christians to walk that balanced life. Thank you that you are our safety net. You do snatch us out of the lion's mouth. Thank you, Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.